When you take on debt, you're borrowing from the future. But what happens when it feels like you can't stop? COVID-19 has created a massive economic crisis and a conundrum. People across Canada are seeing their employment and savings vanish. And to keep things afloat, Canada's provincial and federal governments are spending like never before. The only problem is COVID-19 has cratered business profits and labor income, which are the main sources of revenue for the public programs we all need to survive. And we've dug a hole that's nearly $400 billion deeper in federal debt alone just last year. How long will it take us to recover? What happens if we do nothing to stabilize the public deficit? And what lessons can we learn from Canada's last big recession? To explore these issues, we'll speak with Pedro Antunes, our chief economist. As one of Canada's leading economic forecasters, Pedro is frequently consulted by leaders across all sectors, including senior levels of government. He often shares his insights as part of the national conversation in the major media. Pedro is a trusted, influential expert, and we're lucky to have him with us today. I'm Kira Johnston, and this is the Leadership Perspective Series from the Conference Board of Canada. Today, we'll be talking about public debt, fiscal recovery, and Canada's post-pandemic prospects with Pedro Antunes. Hi, Pedro. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining me today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Kira. Thanks for having me on. In recent memory, have we ever seen Canadian public debt get this deep? at either the provincial or federal level? We have had debt levels get quite steep. Back in the early 1990s, we saw federal and provincial debt levels together as a share of GDP, which is the benchmark we want to use, get to about 100%. That led to a long period of fiscal restraint. Right now, we've just seen a massive addition to debt at both federal and provincial levels, and we're heading there very, very quickly in terms of comparators. We'll be at 100% of GDP in just a few years. Now, even though it's a totally different situation and a totally different set of factors, what lessons can we take from that early 1990s recession? And were there any fiscal restraint measures in the 90s you hope we don't repeat this time around? The big, big difference between that decade and this decade is that interest rates are much, much lower. Inflation is under control. Of course, we've had a huge recession that has even lowered inflation and lowered interest rates even more. The forecast really is for at least near-term period of fairly low interest rates. So that's helping us manage that debt load a lot better this time around. In the early 1990s, of course, we had all sorts of fiscal restraint at both federal and provincial levels of government. I remember going through a long extended period of restraint in healthcare, and that, of course, led to a reduction in services. We don't really want to see that again, but we certainly want to be aware that going forward, this is going to be a challenge. It's going to be additional pressures, and federal and provincial governments are going to have to do something, be it fiscal restraint or additional revenue measures going forward. How does Canada stack up internationally when it comes to government fiscal management during COVID-19? We've been among the big spenders, I think is the best way to put it. When we look at the amount of fiscal stimulus or support measures, however you want to look at it, at both federal and provincial levels of government, we're approaching over a two-year period, somewhere in the neighborhood of 24% of GDP or more. We'll have to wait and see where we fall out. That's a fair bit more than most other developed economies. Of course, notwithstanding the U.S.'s Biden plan right now. But most other economies didn't put in quite as much, certainly developed economies. Developing economies, of course, just didn't have the wherewithal to be able to stimulate the economy or support the economy as much as we have. 
we were in pretty good fiscal shape, I would say, relative to many OECD countries coming into this. But right now, we're coming away with fairly elevated debt loads, and we're not going to be among the best going forward. What is the fallout in the long term if we do nothing to reduce our debt to GDP ratio? There's a lot of questions right now, and you heard the term, I'm sure, the fiscal anchor. What will be the fiscal anchor going forward? Now, in the past, it was really to maintain the debt to GDP ratio at the federal level, at least at a stable level. The problem now is we have ratcheted up the debt to GDP ratios, both for federal and provincial governments. And going forward, we're not going to have the ability to fight another recession. Longer term, the fiscal target is going to have to be one where we somehow get that debt to GDP ratio coming down so that we can fight the next recession, the next crisis, hopefully nothing like what we've seen in this past year. Hopefully we won't see that for a very long time, but recessions come and we're bound to have another crisis sooner or later. Are we risking making things worse if we're curbing fiscal spending now? I don't think we're curbing anything right now. I think our suggestion with the report and the analysis that we're doing is that there is enough stimulus right now in the economy. We've supported household incomes. We've supported businesses. And what we're seeing is a huge amount of savings in the economy from both households and businesses. That money is there. It hasn't been spent. It hasn't released into the economy and driven the economy yet. People are being prudent. We are hopeful that as the vaccine gets rolled out by the second half of this year, we will see that spending coming into the economy. We think we've got enough right now in the system. The support measures are going to have to continue over the coming few months. That's a certainty, and we're seeing that already in place from the federal government. What we're really looking at here is two or three years down the road, Let's make sure we're planning ahead for that. If we don't need additional spending, the federal government has already talked about in their economic update about potentially another 70 to $100 billion in spending. If we don't need that, perhaps we should hold off and save that for a rainy day. Pedro, the provinces are a whole other universe. How are their challenges different from the feds and what will they specifically need to do to get out of this? The exercise that we did here is essentially a status quo forecast, which means that we're essentially holding the tax regime and the revenue measures and the expenditures in line with demographic requirements, no increases in taxes. What does that look like over the long term? For the federal government, we are suggesting that it's sustainable. In other words, we aren't going to see this kind of roll away from us with debt financing costs getting ahead of our ability to raise revenues. For the provinces, though, the big, big issue there is health care. Health care accounts for, depending on the province, somewhere around 40, 45% of their total revenues. And that piece we know is pressured upwards. And the growth in health care spending typically is going to outpace the growth in revenues. For the aggregate provinces and territories, we have a situation where we've just added massively onto their debt load. And we're going to see a situation where they're not going to be able to get their deficits in control because of this pressure from healthcare spending. Going forward, what will you be looking for to see whether the government's on the right track? There's going to be a lot of discussion between federal and provincial governments. We know the provinces are looking for more support on healthcare per se. For us, the bottom line is that when we look at the aggregate of federal and provincial and territorial, I should add, we're seeing a situation where together we're not sustainable. We need additional revenue measures. We need to consider those in the long term. And Canadian taxpayers, of course, they're aware that they're liable for both levels of government. And this is a situation that we have to consider on the whole. 
it's going to be a combination. There are going to be some restraints that are going to have to happen, perhaps some cutbacks. We're really hopeful that we are going to see advances in technology, adoption of telehealth, for example, that can help us lower costs of healthcare delivery. Long term, we do need to plan around the revenue side as well. I think this is going to have to mean additional revenue measures. Thank you, Pedro. It's always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. I'd hope we have you back in the future. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thanks very much. You can check out Pedro's issue briefing, Challenges Ahead, Canada's Post-Pandemic Fiscal Prospects, by following the links in the episode description. You can find out more about our economics team's projects, as well as our latest COVID-19 coverage at conferenceboard.ca. If you like what you hear, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know how we're doing. Leadership Perspectives is hosted by Kira Johnston and written by Sarah Mells. Nancy Nguyen is our audio engineer, and Andy Joy is our post-production editor. Our executive producer is Michael Bassett, and ideas were also contributed by Rob Collins and Aaron Brophy. For more podcasts, research, commentary, and ideas, visit conferenceboard.ca.